Jeroen, don't make your swimming pool too small. We are trained to show the world our successes. We were almost uh, bankrupt in 2016. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of The Sound of Sales. Some people decide that an MBA should be followed on a university, others start their business at 18. Enjoy this episode about growth and challenging yourself. To the people that don't know Jeroen Pools, if I would ask your friends, what does Jeroen do for a living? Like, don't pitch it, just like, what does Jeroen do for a living? And I ask somebody that, of course, is not your best friend, um, but if I ask one of your friends. Uh, that he pimps students. He pimps students. I've never heard that one. Can you explain what you do with pimping students? Yeah, so I um, I founded a staffing agency for students now almost 10 years ago. Uh, so basically, we uh, we employ, recruit and employ students and then we, then we rent them out to uh, other companies. So just classical staffing, but with um, a focus on the student market. Yep. Yeah. And um, how many students have you pimped so far? Mm-hmm. Um, we have helped, I think, over 35,000 uh, students so far. Whoa. Yeah. Big. That's yeah. a big number. And uh, that's mostly Flanders, Antwerp-based, Ghent-based. Where are um, you? Yeah, we're, we're super domestic, so focused on... Uh, um, Belgium and then uh, more specific Flanders and Brussels. Crazy. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Congrats on that. That's a, that's a big number. 10 years. Is a party coming up? Sorry? Is there a party coming up? A party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, well, I, I hope so, at least if, um, <laughs> if uh, the pandemic allows us to uh, throw a party. But the idea is to, to organize something uh, later this year. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Congrats on that. And um, like 10 years, how old are you right now? 27. 27. I'm I'm turning 28 in a couple of months. So I started when I was 18. Crazy. And how did it it start? What's what's your journey? Like, but take me back to like the the very, very, very beginning. Well, the very, very beginning even starts earlier than my 18s. Um, I was 15 years old when... Um, I started working and um, one of my, um, my cousins was, was working at that time in an, uh, in an event hall or an event space uh, and he was, he was the head waiter there and um, I have a younger brother but no older brothers so um, my cousins were a little bit like the, the, um, the equivalent of, of having uh, an older brother and so I said uh, already very uh, early uh, that I wanted to start working as well. Obviously, I was in um, I was in high school at that uh, at that moment, and I started doing dishes in that uh, event space. And then, at a certain uh, moment, I became uh, the head waiter because my cousin uh, <clears throat> he um, uh, finished his uh, university degree. Uh, and then I was 16 years old, and then I said to the owner of the event space, "Like, listen, I want to be the head waiter, but I also want to start organizing the staff because I don't really think that you're." Uh, managing uh, the HR very well. Um, uh, <laughs> Wait, how, how old was the other person? <laughs> I was like way over 50, like maybe even like 60 years old. So, and, I, and he was uh, crazy enough to, uh, to actually um, uh, allow me to, to get that responsibility. And then uh, I started uh, organizing the events there and also organizing the staff. And basically it was just me and my friends um working instead of uh, going out and drinking uh, drinking beer yeah. or, or anything else um yeah and then at some point uh, more and more friends and and people that i know started to ask if i could help them with the with a cool student job and then i thought listen what i'm what i'm doing right now for my friends and peers i can maybe do it for um way more people than than mm-hmm. um than, than I than I could imagine at 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 that moment, and that's when I decided to, um, yeah, found uh, found DeltaWorks and and make it a staffing agency for students. Great, that's a that's a nice journey. So actually, 
this guy, the 50-year-old dude 10 years ago, what would you have become if he said like, 16-year-old Jeroen, screw you, get out of here? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, you know what you also need to know is that at some point, like he was also looking for a successor of, of, of his, uh, of his mm -hmm. company. So I think he... He sort of gave me that opportunity also with the idea that maybe one day I would take over his business, uh, which I yeah. thought about for a very long time. Um, and then um, thanks to uh, a friend in common of us, uh, Ariane, um, yeah. then, uh, then she said once to me, I was 18 years old at that moment, she said to me like, uh, Jeroen, don't make your swimming pool too small yep. um, or otherwise don't make your playing field too small. So she thought already at that moment that uh, owning or taking over an event space wouldn't be um, didn't match who you were for for yeah what I was or possibly set, yeah. yeah but you were set to become basically right yeah yeah um, so so originally I started doing that with the idea of uh, owning an event space and, and and organizing events and then all of a sudden you're running a staffing agency and ten years <laughs> later you've employed tens of thousands of uh, students yeah. yeah indeed do you do you believe then um, that everything happens for a reason oh, it's very cliche but i i guess so yeah. yeah 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 for sure yeah we have with with other podcast guests we always touch a little bit of like yeah do you believe that where you are now is actually something that you were in control of that was actually already set in stone, basically. But can we say that those things are both equally the same thing? Because if mm -hmm. it's set in stone, then you also, then it means that you had, um, um, that you have an involvement in, in getting or, or being where you are today or in the journey, at least. Um, mm -hmm. Like I, I'm not someone that believes in luck. Uh, but I, I do believe in the in the power of uh, if you work hard and do the right things and make sure that you deliver what you promise, that you create your own opportunities in in uh, in time. Um, and you know, like maybe the first uh, the first takeover or something, or your your first client that you want to sign, that could be or might be maybe a little bit of luck. But then if you don't deliver, then then it would just stay with that one one um, mm -hmm. uh, one entry ticket instead of yeah. opening more doors and more doors and more doors. No, I see what you mean. And I, I honestly want to believe that it's that because if it's not, then it's something unexplainable. And the moment yeah. it's something unexplainable, it's also something you cannot repeat. So I, I strongly believe in in if if we talk about success in general. Um, it's something that people that are successful are living by some sort of mantras and, and ways of thinking and ways of, of doing stuff that are just being proven to be successful. And if you, you, if you keep repeating the same, um, um, those same things, and it will also create more and more opportunities and more and more success. Yeah. Um, so basically a flywheel that you push in motion yeah, yeah. and that is meant it's to proper English to say the flywheel effect doesn't really uh, I think I think it's a yeah it's it's a word that we use sometimes <laughs> in Dutch of but, course we would say yeah yeah, yeah. but I've seen it in English as well so people will understand what it is but um, yeah, yeah I remember the first time that I met Ariane uh, it was through you uh, and the first thing she said to me is, do you believe that you are here because of um, your own choice? Or because this was about, or this was, this was planned for you to happen? Oh, nice. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe for the people that are, look, that are watching, like Ariane is our business coach. So yeah. interesting to, uh, to give us a little side note. Um, yeah, indeed. Um, indeed. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, yeah, how did you, I, I can imagine in 10 years, um, in every episode, what we tackle a little bit is how, how people handle um, newcomers and like early graduates um, within their organization and that, and that sort of stuff. 
Now with you, it's not only within your organization, but it's also the people you employ, basically. Mm -hmm. So how did you see it evolve in 10 years? Like where people 10 years ago already like with the mindset of, if I do this, then the next thing I want to achieve is that, or how did you yeah. see that evolve? Interesting question. Uh, funny as well. I was I was doing an um, an interview this morning on uh, for Belgian television, and we were talking about the uh, the changes we're seeing in how uh, employers are treating or working with their employees during the pandemic uh, that, mm -hmm. that we that we are having right now, and and uh, with the with the home working stuff, and how do you keep your team in place, and then. I said at some point, like what we need to understand is, is that our uh, job markets and the way people look to um, employment has been changing already for for 10 years. And the nice uh, thing about my business is like we've been working for 10 years with that Generation Z. So we've seen those changes um, with front row access. Yeah? And mm -hmm. um, what we all need to understand is where 10 years ago and 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 prior to that, uh, certainly, is that um, we as em em employers were always in the driver's seat of everything. We decided what the, uh, who we would give the jobs, we would decide the salaries, we would decide, um, we would, we would decide basically anything. Mm -hmm. and, and it would be the employee just, um, uh, someone just had to be happy with the offer they got. Yep. Where today, Things totally changed. We're living in a candidate-driven market. Um, maybe interesting to say as well is that besides Delta Works, a staffing agency, I also run a recruitment agency that is focused on tech um, uh, uh, tech people, um, and then even more specific within uh, BI and data profiles. Um, so, so we, we're also in the professional market active, and, and you just see it everywhere. We're living in a candidate-driven market, so it means that we as empl employers need to really understand um, what ticks, yeah? well, what, why do they want to change? Why do they want to work somewhere? And it's more than just job descriptions and salaries. Uh, and I think, I think those are massive changes that, we, that we've experienced uh, over the last 10 years. And I think it's, um, um, uh, uh, I think this is just a new way of, of of how yeah. work is being organized. And I, and I strongly believe it's a good uh, evolution uh, as well. I, I see it firsthand as well that in the beginning, people were like, yeah, I want, um, uh, this is a, a car that I want, and then I want to earn this much money. And then I, that's, that's where we are right now. And I, then if I look back to when I first started working for someone, it was like, here is a contract and you're going to earn this much money and a car will come after one year if you good behave. And, uh, <laughs> and I still remember my parents saying like, oh, this is a good offer. And if I look back now, it was like half of what people starters are now asking straight from the school bench, basically. <laughs> but yeah. A, yeah. And, and if you think about it, it's not even that long ago. It's a massive, massive shift. No, no, not at all, not at all. Um, <clears throat> and and also, like it's 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 an entire generation who is just um, they're looking different towards a job, but they're looking different different towards a lot of things in life. And and um, and and for most of it, I'm very very happy that 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 change uh, is there with it because it means that they are more. They're living a more conscious life, I think, than, yeah. than people were maybe 20 or 30 years ago. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with the evolution. However, it doesn't make it more easy, of course, to find good people, um, and nope. especially today. Yeah. Um, but I guess you have, you have a sense of, um, more a sense of achievement with these people because they appreciate if you if you work with them and you pimp them in a way that is fortunate for them, I guess you have more fulfillment. That's the word that I was looking for. I, yeah, I totally agree. You know, like a lot of people come to me and they say like they lack loyalty nowadays. And I don't think mm -hmm. that's the problem. I don't think they lack loyalty. I think they just put themselves first where yep. years ago it was always the company first. Um, 
but that's not something that we should that should that we should be sad of of course uh, i think everyone just wants to have people working for them for their companies and and being extremely happy to be there and 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 believing exactly. in what they're selling or believing in what they're doing instead of just someone coming to work doing their hours and and leaving leaving again um, yeah indeed indeed yeah. because then then they will eventually it will become a routine and and yeah you, yeah. you don't want routinous people i guess exactly and um how conscious do you live as a person mm -hmm. as a ceo um Unfortunately, sometimes too conscious because okay, explain. <laughs> honestly, ignorance is a bliss sometimes. Um, no, I mean, like uh, we, we, we touched it already a little bit, but we have um, been going to uh, coaches and business coaches already for a very long time, maybe already from before I, I, I started uh, the company. So I've always um, uh, put a lot of effort in um also working on on my own soft skills and uh searching for um or to be a better empl uh, employer or being a better manager mm -hmm. so that means that um you're forced to be very conscious about everything you're doing um and and um being conscious doesn't necessarily mean that you're also capable um so um Let's say that most of the time I'm conscious about the facts or about the things that I'm not doing well, which is uh, also uh, frustrating or can be frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that a, a downward spiral sometimes? Well, not if you not if you have the intention of um, of uh, um, doing better. Yeah, improvement. Yeah, yeah. I think the start is uh, being conscious about the fact that you're not about the things and the fact that you're not doing well and then um, promising yourself or, or searching or looking for solutions to do it better. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how do you tackle the process of, of evolving your soft skills, for example? Like, do you have ways that you school yourself? Do you keep doing that? Do you read a lot of books, for example? Or how do you tackle that process? Um, I try to listen to books. I'm not. I'm not a not a huge uh, reader, um, except uh, when I'm on holidays and I have the time to read. Mm -hmm. um, but like audiobooks and stuff, of course. Uh, as I said, uh, I'm I'm doing a lot of coaching um, uh, during the year, um, and I, I what I also try to do is um, is just surround myself with people that are. Uh, extremely intelligent and that fill gaps where 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 I think they need to be filled, uh, both within the company but also on a more uh, higher level, like in in a in a board um, um, in a board environment or in a, an advisory uh, board uh, environment, or um, as you said already earlier in, in in groups that that of people where uh, we talk about business and stuff, um, mm -hmm. all with the idea that. Um, with a little bit of luck, they can uh, they can make me smarter as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for the the listeners don't know this, and and we we said it a little bit in the beginning. So um, must have been it's a, it's a year ago, right? That I texted you on Instagram. Um, so uh, let, let's bring up the story what we have done. So um, basically. I texted a few entrepreneurs that I said like, okay, we're about the same age. We're in different industries. Uh, we're in different levels of company building. Let's group up and share our griefs, basically, our challenges that we have, that we are seeing. It was mainly that this was second lockdown. It was lockdown period, right? Um, so uh, what did it do for you to surround yourself with entrepreneurs of, of yeah basically of all sorts um, I think we are we are a very mixed group yeah um, what what I love about our um, about our group is that we are all young all uh, entrepreneurs and founders which I which I found also pretty important and that we're not in competing markets so so I think that are a couple of um, 
uh, key uh, factors that make the group successful. Um, because it, 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 it gives a very safe or um, a safe environment where you're really um, able to just discuss anything. Um, so there is a lot of mm -hmm. trust between, uh, between one another. Um, and, and you would be surprised like in how detailed we discuss things um, and things that are not supposed to be discussed in the, in the yeah. outside world, uh, failures, but also contracts or uh, investment opportunities, basically anything. Um, and and what, what I've always been searching for um, is like-minded people and people that understand also the burden that you carry as an, uh, as an entrepreneur or as a, or as a CEO, as a founder, because, um, you know, like we, we are trained and um, uh, we are trained to show the world our successes, but for mm -hmm. every success, you maybe have... Um, a dozen failures to, to get there. And, and, and um, there are not a lot of people that truly understand the, the road to, uh, to that success, or yeah. even if you're not being very successful, then it's even more shitty because then you, then you're getting fail, fail after fail, after fail. Um, and, and also just sharing uh, experiences and, and it doesn't really matter in what kind of business you are, but a couple of key things are in every business business the same. How do you treat your staff? How do you, uh, how do you cope with your hiring process? How do you set up uh, your sales strategy or marketing plan or what tools do you use? And uh, if you, if you want to, um, if you want to start uh, doing your uh, digital marketing uh, or, you know, like the, the basic things are for a lot of people the same. And, and it's, it, it's really nice to, to just share experiences and, and, and it saves you also a lot of time because then you just get very quick um, action points. And, and then the last thing that I find very interesting is like we, we always talk in challenges. So we, we come together and then we say, okay, who has a challenge? Uh, you, you, uh, you speak out your challenge, you get input, input from the rest of the group, but then we also try to get, uh, to get your challenge into an action and we mm -hmm. follow up on that action. And that's something that I find very, very nice as well. So you, you cannot slack like uh, four months later or three months later when the group comes back together, you're like already weeks in advance, shit, like uh, we, I had three action points, I didn't do it or I did do it. And, um, and, then, and then you guys, all you follow up on, on, on the action points. So I, I think it's very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um... For for most people in the group, I think for all of them, um, it's also an eye opener if you, because you're always minding your own business, right? Everybody is like, uh, I'm 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 building my business. I cannot share it with someone because what if they steal my ID? Or, but that's what you said. Huh? We're we're all in different businesses. Um, but breeding sometimes, right? Like. Breeding, uh, sharing, even even if it's even if nobody can help, what I found is even if you share something like, oh, this is going difficult, and you get some people like you're not alone, you're not taking it alone. I think that was uh, one of the main drivers of setting it up as well. Exactly. Um, do you sometimes? Because I, I can imagine like we're doing this on this level, um, but I can imagine even setting employees together in an informal way or um even even your pimped students do you do you do things like that with employees or other groups that you're part of well we we, we try obviously to to also get um get people to talk about their uh, challenges mm -hmm. um in the office as much as possible and as informal as possible as well. Um, uh, we don't wait for uh, your uh, two yearly um, uh, review. Take or review with your manager to, to, to address issues or to address challenges. So um, I think that's something that a lot of companies already do today. We do weekly standups, sometimes even daily standups if we're in very busy times. Um, um, 
uh, to express, okay, what are we going to do today? What are your your goals for the day, the goals for the week, the goals for the month, how, how are we doing? And and also asking questions like, and, and what's the challenge? What's, what's, what's mm-hmm. going difficult? Um, and I, I think what I find important is... Um, and it's what a good coach would do and it's what good friends would do, but it's also what a good manager would do is just ask, ask enough questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, how do you, how do you make sure that these people are also like, yeah, comfortable in the situation and, um, make sure they open up to their boss because essentially like you can be a friend to people, but for them, you're still the boss as well. How do you manage that situation? Because on on some other episodes, we found like that's the most difficult part. It is. And and what I am, you know, when in in the beginning of um, when I founded DeltaWorks, we were, we truly were a group of friends, the -hmm. full-time staff. And there were basically, there was basically no hierarchy and and it was, it was extremely friendly how uh, we work together but the moment you start growing you're, we're talking growing in team size but also growing in investment um mm-hmm. size but also growing in in people in revenue in risks so your organization at some point becomes just um you know like in, in dutch they say i'm gonna translate it literally Small ch- children, small problems, big children, big problems. Uh, I don't know if this, yeah. if this, um, if the, if there is a saying in English that says the same thing, but it honestly is. Like the bigger it be- it it becomes, the higher the risks. And you could say, also, you could say that it would be more stability if you're bigger. But but then again, the the stakes are higher the moment you grow. Mm-hmm. And and I really had to um, uh, face the fact that. Uh, you cannot be everyone's friend, but you're also not supposed to be everyone's friend. So yeah. today I'm in the office and I'm the founder and I'm the CEO and I'm the captain of the ship and I make the decisions, obviously together with my management team. And I have um, some people where my connection is more on a personal level, other people less. Uh, but I also... Um, um, I, I also found out that... People are not necessarily they 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 don't all feel comfortable talking to the founder or the CEO, and yeah. and uh, it, it was a hard lesson for me to accept as well that it's just the case, and I shouldn't be or shouldn't feel sorry about that either. It's just the way how things work. So, um, so at that moment I realized, okay, so that means that I need a management team or at least go to people in the um, in the company that do have that positive effect and that gentle mm-hmm. approach and that friendly face um, and that can create that safe environment for the other employee to discuss problems that are um, that are at that moment um, necessary to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. And then not in a boss-employee relationship, but just in on a more peer level. Yeah. What did it do with you to... To step aside from that? Um, continuously failure in trying to establish um, a place where I would still be in charge of also those things. And then at some point you just need to face the fact that it's, it's mm-hmm. just never going to work that way. Um, yeah. yeah, indeed. But I can imagine that it's the first few few times that you notice, like, is it me failing or is it this is just nature of a growing business? No, but it in a, it's always you failing. Because is it that should... harsh? <laughs> is it that harsh? No, but no. In a way, it is because a company that's growing means that. Um, let's say that I would be almighty and all knowing. Then I would at some point just say, okay, we're too big now to, for me to keep doing this stuff. I need to find someone else to start doing that. And then you would mm-hmm. not face the problem because you, you're almighty and all-knowing. And then 
things just but it, it, obviously it's not the case you know like you make mistakes and uh and making a mistake or or failing is but there's nothing wrong with failing you know for me the word fail mm -hmm. stands for a first attempt in learning it's not yep. a bad thing to fail on the contrary it's an um basically it's it's an amazing thing to do because i learn my lesson the lessons that i learned from failing were far more interesting than from success most of the times you're successful and you don't you don't even understand why that thing was a success but the moment something fails you damn sure are gonna find out yeah. why why, uh, why something failed yeah and the next time you will quite good understand what situation is and how to tackle it exactly. <laughs> and um if you look back to your 10 years um, what other first attempts in learning have you discovered that sometimes you are reminded of? Um, well, I made a, I made a lot of um, uh, bad mistakes, um, as we all do, uh, or as we all did. I imagine um, um, I, I, I don't even know where to start. Um, <laughs> but for me, the the journey from um, starting uh, really really young when i was 18 and then building a team and then also managing the team was was uh, was a very very big uh, challenge um, mm -hmm. um and because of my personality number one but also because of the fact that i was young and um uh, and, and and so i think that that that, that was um, an interesting journey um where a couple of years ago i didn't really feel comfortable in the position as a ceo and not necessarily as an entrepreneur i've always fe felt comfortable but as a manager um mm -hmm. less now obviously it's it's different i feel i feel way more comfortable um but yeah well, what, what do you want to hear you want to hear a, a list of uh a list no, of but there must be a few things that that spring to mind when you think about, oh yeah, well we, we we were almost uh, bankrupt in 2016, so that's uh, that's a pretty pretty big <laughs> fail. Um, I think uh, I think we should now uh, go continue on that one because uh, we have a lot of people listening that are first time entrepreneurs or um, or that that are yeah, growing their business. At some point, people will think, now I'm going bankrupt. What did you do? Yeah, I was. Um, um yeah it was, it was really really bad like i think um uh, i think i lost uh, 10 years of my life in that year um um just to summarize the the problem that we had at that moment like we 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 tripled our uh, our turnover that year we also switched systems and we uh opened th uh, three offices that year and we uh, also bought a company in um in portugal so um, you can all you can already hear me coming like we the, the money was um, flowing in but it was uh, also at a pace um, uh, a bit higher than the inflow also flowing out again um, yeah. um, so we we so basically due to very poor and bad uh, cash flow management which is obviously my mistake um, and and an accountant that was wasn't really fit for um, scale up companies, which obviously was also my mistake because I should have, I should have, uh, thought about uh, that as well. But anyways, and then you, all of a sudden you, you find yourself in, in a situation where you, um, uh, where you have more debts than, um, than cash flow to, to, to fix it. And uh, that was, was uh, the... that was very scary. Yeah. I can imagine. How long was the time period that, that was in in the back of your mind or maybe the front of your mind <laughs> well let's say that um for the entire year 2015 when you triple your revenue and you're opening offices at a speed uh, and you're you're growing uh, you're extremely um uh, i thought i was the the king of flanders you know i felt like the um uh i was flying uh i, I wasn't um uh, i wasn't conscious at that moment um and and success also does something with someone you and, and you see the money flowing in and then you know and I, i've never enriched myself in that period i also i always had the um 
the idea that every euro that we um, that we would make, that we would invest it again in the company and, and even double invest it um, uh, mm -hmm. if possible. Um, but but so let's say 2015 was an amazing year in terms of growth, and then you you end the year. Um, you take a well-deserved holiday uh, during Christmas uh, and New Year's, and then you come back in January to the office, and then you realize that you um, uh, that you actually have hundreds of thousands of euros in in, in debt um, at places where you don't want to have debt at all, uh, and 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 they just they 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 started uh, to come and get the money um, uh, basically. So. Uh, I think the entire duration of the problem maybe took um, between six, six and twelve months. Although we fixed the the biggest uh, issues uh, in the first uh, four, to, four to five months, but the 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 uncertain, very very uncertain time took four to five months. Something, yeah. Which is that already a very have... it's a it's a long time, five months. Yeah, yeah. I must have done something with you at that period. Yeah, I, I didn't sleep anymore. I didn't eat. Yeah, it was was very very uh, wow. Yeah, not so satisfying. Is it still something in the back of your mind when you uh, make investments? Yeah, I think I became more careful. Yeah, uh, which um, which is questionable whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, uh, the level of how careful you are is it right right you can be careful and, and still make an investment or you can be like exactly you know what what we, we see it also in in the years after that so two, 2016 was uh, was a very challenging year but we fixed it and that's also why i'm very um, open open about it to discuss it like uh, mm -hmm. it, it's almost um, it's a heroic story in a way because we we shouldn't have survived it. It was really, really bad, but we did like we, we found solutions. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you see in the years that follow 2017, 2018, those were years with very little growth. And we were used to doubling and doubling and tripling our, our annual uh, revenues. And then you saw 2017, 2018, even 2019 for, for, um, for a part that you, that the annual growth was no more than 20 percent, um, mm -hmm. 10%, 15 percent, even even a year, only 8 percent. So you 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 really felt it that the company was in. Um, how do you say it? Like we had the um, we were driving, but the the we had our emergency brake uh, yeah. uh, on as well yeah. um, because you just you're so anxious about getting back into that same. Um, situation as as a couple of years back um, yeah understandable of course understandable but that's also a personal pro that, uh, that has also been personal uh, process for me and then at some point you just switch and then you you try to connect again with the um, let's say the, the 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 entrepreneurial spirit inside of you to yeah. to just say okay listen uh, you've survived you're okay the company is doing well um, and now, um, now it's time to, um, to put, uh, the pedal to the metal again. <laughs> what is your ambition for the next 10 years of Delta works? It's, um, it's a funny question. Um, you know, if you would have asked me last year, like what, what, what my, um, uh, what my goal would be or, 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 or anything. And I would say. Uh, a listing on the in the Forbes under thirty, but that's uh, check that honor. <laughs> yeah, that honor I received earlier this year, uh, of at least last year, uh, which is uh, yeah, was, was really crazy as well. Um, but like we we um, even though people may, might think that in, that student staffing the pandemic was not a good uh, combination, we actually did really well. So we doubled our revenue in two thousand. Uh, or last year uh, compared to uh, the end of 19. So um, mm -hmm. we are growing in, in terms of team. We're also uh, looking at some uh, takeovers <clears throat> in the Belgian market and, and, and uh, also trying to, uh, to raise uh, our B series. Um, mm -hmm. So I think the next five year will be growth, 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 and um, uh, trying to, um, to achieve the goals in terms of market share 
in, uh, in Flanders yeah. and in uh, Brussels. And maybe in a couple of years' time also uh, move to the, more, uh, to the French part of Belgium. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because currently all of your revenue, all of your focus is the Flemish part. So do you still have the three offices? Well, and Brussels, yeah. Yeah, so we have we, we basically have seven offices: uh, Antwerp, Brussels, Ghent, Leuven, Brugge, Kortrijk, uh, and Hasselt. Okay, uh, so you still made the investments regarding the offices. <laughs> uh, well, we we don't have like physical uh, owned offices in every city uh, because okay. it's just not necessary. But so so part of we we have some um, uh, physical offices and we also have some what we call our digital uh, offices in other mm -hmm. uh, in other cities. Yeah. Yeah. I still remember when I was a student, I went to the Ghent DeltaWorks office one time and I was like, what is DeltaWorks? <laughs> and now I see it every time I'm in Ghent, I'm like, this guy. <laughs> it's very nice what you have built, eh, Ewan. Uh, that's not uh, your Forbes listing is very well deserved, I would say. Um, 10 years straight from school um do you have a diploma actually no then drop out did you did you try or you were like i'm no i'm the um textbook dropout uh perfect case um <laughs> uh, i finished uh, high school and then i started uh, uh i started uh, doing a college degree and then i also founded the company at the same time and then at some point i just decided to to stop yeah yeah what would you say to people listening, starting their, their startup? Mm -hmm. Would you say keep, keep on the school banks, uh, uh, keep your ass sit down because the world has changed, of course, in the last 10 years? Um, would you recommend it? Because basically you, you took a personal MBA, if I call it that way. Yeah, and it was more, um, uh, it was not as cost efficient as, uh, as just taking, uh, as going to the best school in the world to do an MBA. I think that would be um, less yeah. expensive that, than my 10 years uh, if I would uh, count all the mistakes and the money uh, related uh, yeah. uh, uh, losses. No, um, uh, li li listen, I think in a lot of countries and especially in Belgium, there are uh, great opportunities and great um, solutions for combining your study with uh, owning your own business or founding your own business, and that was something that was not there uh, when I was um, when I was in college, uh, unfortunately. Um, however, um, what what I find a little bit um, disturbing at the moment is that entrepreneurship, um, and of oh, it's and, and I'm sa I'm saying again, my reference, the reference for me is Belgium, eh? so so. Um, uh, but I think it's it's in a lot of places in the world. So the 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 stigma and the almost heroic uh, superhero um, idea around being an entrepreneur um, mm -hmm. is also something that's very uh, scary and dangerous. You're, it's not this life is not made for 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 everyone, and 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 thank God it's not made for everyone. And that that doesn't mean that. Um, you know, you, you you can also be extremely entrepreneurial without being an entrepreneur. And for, for me, yeah. those are, are two complete different things. So if you're watching and you're like, I really, really uh, want to be an entrepreneur. Um, I mean, if you know it, then you know it. And then you just have to do it. And then fuck school if you're not getting the... the um, the things out of it that you want, or if you find it uh, un, um, uncombinable or anything. Um, if you're having doubts, then I would say just uh, continue um, continue your classes and make sure that you have that degree in the pocket, and then you can still you can still find your company at, at any at any point in your life. Um, at, at the other hand, the I also find your. Um, your student year is one of the best years to found a company because because you're in it's prime um, time yeah it's prime time you're very um uh you're very willing willingly to take risks because you basically have nothing to lose when you're in that mm -hmm. stage of your life um you have um 
uh, you're probably still or for a part or have the possibility to to fall back to your to your parents or to 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 other peers you don't have a partner or a family or mortgages to pay or or, or, yeah. or anything else so at the same time it's also an amazing um um I, I always say people say, oh, it's 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 amazing. You were 18 and you started so young and we think it's uh, super cool. But then I say, yeah, but I, I'm, I might find it even more impressive. The, the guy or the girl that's 45 that uh, leaves the golden cage, uh, um, golden cage job and then um, takes uh, another mortgage on the house to invest in uh, in a new company with zero, yeah. um, you know, so the, the, the stakes are higher. The risks are higher. Um, and at that moment, you're not making decisions only for yourself. You're making decisions for your entire household or your family or your, yeah, indeed. Uh, or your spouse. That's, that's a huge jump. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as, as a, as a last question for you, um, if I give Jeroen today a billboard room or uh, I say like, hey, Jeroen, here's the, uh, the ring around Antwerp and I have a billboard for you. Uh, what would you put on it and why? As a quote? Anything. Hmm. Interesting. You know, I have, I have a couple of uh, mantras that really, um, that I try to live and breathe every day. Um, one of them is, if you're not able to share, you're not able to multiply. And uh, I, I think um, I think it's something that we're lacking in the world in general, but we're lacking it definitely in Belgium. Um, it's the genuine, genuine being happy for others' successes and also doing everything you can Within your, uh, within your abilities to help other people um, is something that we are lacking. And um, that's also why if people ask me, why do you do what you do? Then I say I have three drivers. Number one is impact. It always has been and always will be. I want to have impact on as many people as possible. Number two is having fun. Just having fun every day in, in what I do. And number three is money um uh, earning money and it's uh I don't feel ashamed to have it on number three it won't be on number one but it is on number three making money is uh is, is one of the one of the drivers um but um i i i yeah i say if if there is something that frustrates me sometimes it's um uh it's a lack of the lack of genuine happiness for other success and i think um mm -hmm. That would be something that would that if I would die tomorrow and you would ask uh, what does Jeroen want to be remembered for, then maybe it would be then then it would be that or at least um, yeah. that way of life that I try to um, yeah live. Yeah, that's a nice way of, of saying it as well. Um, it's uh, yeah, they always say. Sharing is caring, but I don't think people share enough. <laughs> no, and I honestly believe that if you're able to share, you will multiply. So yeah. you can also do it a little bit from a more uh, selfish uh, idea. There is nothing wrong with that. And that's the reason This will why come back to me. <laughs> yeah, it will come back to you. And that's yeah. the thing. Huh? Um, uh, at some point, it will come back to you if we start doing it with a lot of people. True. Yeah. There's a, the power of a network, for example. Um, sometimes there are these moments that you are, for example, on a LinkedIn, on a social platform, um, and that you think like, oh, I have a network of X thousand people, but actually it's, sometimes it doesn't feel like a network. It feels like, yeah, it is what it is. People keeping an eye on you. Yeah. No, I think uh, <laughs> maybe to, to, to end with, um, um, a kind of re sales related topic is, uh, as you said, the power of network. And it's something that I've been, uh, if something would be like the, 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 the basis 
of everything that I've built so far, I think it's network. Uh, mm-hmm. The ability to pick up your phone and just call anyone within your field of work or within your within Belgium that has something significant to say or that you need from. I think that's um, that's extremely powerful. And you can only establish that kind of network if you also give back at some point. Yeah, true. Um, uh, so, I th- so I think that's a, it's a great example. Uh, people sometimes ask me, wow, you, you know so many people, you know so many people. It's because, yeah, but I don't um, call to, to only get, I also call to give. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, um, if I look back to last summer, you gave me a call in the weekend, that I thought, and it was like, hey, Bram, how are you doing? Um, and uh, it's, it's printed in my mind because that was a moment when I realized like, this is what sharing, it's not sharing, it's caring what, what it is. Uh, and then I told you as well, like I didn't expect this phone call <laughs> um, because people are not used to that type of connections or whatever you call it. Um, so I, I, um, I experienced firsthand what you mean with this saying or with your billboard. Yeah, quote, just be and also just be genuine about the things you do. Don't don't do things because you think you have to do them. Don't be fake. Just uh, um, be authentic. Be yourself. Try to be a nice uh, person. Um, mm-hmm. And even in business, I strongly believe in business ethics. Strongly, strongly believe. And it might not make me the richest man on the planet for those ethics but it does uh, help me to sleep better at night. <laughs> um, and that's uh, very important. And that's also valuable, exactly. Yeah. Well, Jeroen, um, we didn't touch the sales subject, but uh, I think this was a super interesting conversation about um, how you can grow a business um, and, and, uh, and build resilience in what you're doing. So. Um, Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me.